King above all kings, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the Lord of lords, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come high, you reign, Lord. All honor and praise. filling this place with the praise of the Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord.
this morning. I welcome you. Oh, come have your way.
are just not in a rush, there will be many moments like this. And it's just you and the Lord. There'll be some direction. We'll be praying over certain things. But this morning, it's just you and the Lord. So we're going to stay here for the next few minutes. But you can close your eyes and just talk with him. Sing to him. Welcome him in this place. Welcome him in your heart. If there's anything that's hidden, know that there is no shame in the presence of the Lord this morning. There's nothing that has to be hidden. So you can close your eyes. You can lift your hands. It's just you and the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Yes, Lord. Yes, oh God. Your presence is here. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to Worship and Vision Sunday. And today is going to be a very special day. We're believing that. Because God's presence is meeting us here. And so for everyone in the room, welcome. Everyone watching online. Um, maybe you're in your living room or your kitchen, but welcome um, together as we lift up our voice. I want to provide just a little bit of context because today's service is going to be very different. If you're joining us for the first time, um, you're not going to know, but typically our services are structured a little bit different. But we wanted to just cr to create some space for God's presence to speak to us, for God's presence to minister to us. Maybe you came into this room with a need or with a burden this morning in our prayers that you leave differently because you've experienced the presence of God. And God is here to meet us this morning. And so we're going to just spend some time and we'll, we'll kind of lead these focused times of both worship and prayer. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. If you want to sit down to connect with God, please do that. If you want to stand up in your living room or around the kitchen table, please do that. We want you to feel free to connect with God however you want to this morning. Our goal and our focus is to hear from Him, to draw close to Him, to be near to Him. That's our heart's desire this morning. And also in the room, um, here with us, and those of you at home, you do as well. You have kids in the room with you. And so I'm going to talk to the adults for a second. Hey, you're setting the tone this morning. And you have young eyes that are watching you. And yeah, it's easy to just kind of sit back and just watch and observe. But that's not what we want to do this morning. We want to lift up our voice. We want to raise our hands. We want to raise our voices, clap when you feel like it's appropriate. We want to show our children what it looks like to worship God and to really engage with the presence and with the Spirit of God. So we're going to challenge you to do that. And just for the next hour, a little bit more than that, I want to challenge you with this. Your living room is not just the living room. Your kitchen is not just the kitchen. This isn't just a building. This is a temple. And God's presence is here. So we've come expecting. We've come ready to receive. We've come ready to meet with Him. And that's our heart's desire. So whatever this week looked like, just begin to set it aside. Begin to place it aside and begin to focus in on Him. So we're going to do that. I want to challenge everyone that's listening this morning. Just place out your hands like this and just tell God, Lord, I'm ready to receive. God, we're ready to receive this morning, Lord. God, we come hungry. We come ready, Lord, for you to speak to us. So whatever you have for us this morning, God, whatever it is that you want to do, Lord, you have our attention. You have our focus, Lord. We, your people, are ready, God. We receive your presence this morning, God. We receive your spirit this morning. Begin to flood this place, God. Begin to flood every home and every room that we are in, God. Let your presence cover us, God. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lead us and guide us, God. Hear our prayers as we enter into your throne room, God. Listen to what it is that we're asking, God. And meet the needs, Lord, of every person that's represented in this church, God, and that's listening this morning, Lord. We come available, Lord. We come hungry for you. So God, let your presence cover us. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. God, we're believing that, Lord. We're believing. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, 
we are healed. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Church, we believe that this morning. And so we're going to take a second and we're going to begin to pray over healing both in this room and online. And so maybe you're here and as an act of faith, you would just lift up your hand. It may not be for you. It may be for a family member. They're struggling in their body. Online, you can type in their name or you can just put your hand up online there because we're going to pray in faith. And just like that scripture said, we believe this, although we not, may not be able to lay hands on each other, but we're believing in faith that God is going to heal that God is going to minister, the same Jesus that opened the eyes of the blind, that made the lame people walk. He is here this morning. And so let's do that. Let's begin to pray out in faith. God, we declare that this morning you're our healer. It is by your stripes, Lord, that we are healed. God, you took, Lord, that healing in your physical body for us, Lord. And so we believe that this morning, what your word says, God. Lord, that the anointing of your presence would begin to cover people. And right now in this room, Lord, if there's anyone sick, begin to provide healing, Lord. Anyone watching online, God, we speak that healing, Lord. We speak that you're greater than any virus, God. You're greater than sickness, Lord. You're greater than cancer, God. You're greater than any illness in our bodies, Lord. And so we speak strength, God. We speak healing, Lord. We speak your power over your church, God. Begin to minister right now. Holy Spirit, begin to strengthen limbs, God. Begin to strengthen bodies, Lord, where people have been feeling weak or sick, God. Let your presence begin to cover them. Lord, we declare that in faith, Lord. You are our healer, God. You are our healer, Lord. You are our healer, God. And so we declare that this morning, Lord. You are greater than any sickness. So come into this place, Lord. Begin to cover us. Lord, minister in our physical bodies, God. Lord, give us testimonies and stories of your power working inside of us, God. Of people getting out of hospital beds, God. Of sickness being cured, God. We trust you that you are good and you are faithful to your word. So, God, we declare that this morning. You're our healer, God. We're praying that in faith. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence being in this place. Father, we call on you right now, God, as I, we prepare to pray for those, God, that, who have lost, not just because of COVID, God, but just who are hurting because of the loss of a loved one, God. Lord, your word talks about how you are near the brokenhearted, God, and how you save those who are feeling crushed in their spirit right now, God. Jesus, you said it. It's written in red that blessed are they who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. God, we need your comfort right now in this season, God. There are groups of people here, God, who have lost those who they love, God, and they don't know what to do right now, God. We need your comfort, God. So, Father, we thank you that we have a high priest who is able to understand and sympathize and have a fellow feeling with us in our grief over the loss of our loved ones, Father. God, we thank you that we do not have to be sad and grieve as those who do not have hope because we believe that you died and rose again. And we believe that our loved ones who are asleep, God, you will bring them back, God, and we will see them again. We thank you for that. God, we ask that you comfort us, God. For you said, blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus, we ask that you, we thank you that you have come to heal the brokenhearted. It is in your name that we pray that you comfort us because you have loved us and you give us an everlasting hope. So, Father, we thank you right now for giving us beauty for ashes, God. Oil of joy for mourning. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I hear the spirit even now just saying, just praise me. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. But I will sit to be a great comforter for you. I knew what was going to happen. That's why I'm here waiting for you. Just praise me through it. I know it's hard. I know you're hurting. But I'm here. And I'm going to wrap my arms around you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. go into a song together and it's all about the position that we have with the Lord and by his blood his body that was sacrificed for us we can be at peace we know that when the storms of life come that he's going to fight those battles for us that we're not alone and even I get this imagery singing this first verse of a battle you know in a big field and there's one side versus the other side and I'm just chilling, sitting at a table with my husband, with my friends, and we're eating a great meal and we're laughing while this battle is going on. And we're able to do that this morning. We're able to sit at a table that the Lord has prepared for us. We're able to eat great food and laugh and be joyful because he's fighting those battles for us. So let's be reminded of that this morning. We don't carry that worry, but we can lift up our praise and our gratitude to the Lord because he's going to take care of us. So let's jump into this together. Thank you, Lord. There's a table that you've prepared for me. In the presence of my enemies It's your body and the blood you shed for me And this is how I find my battles Come on, let's sing that one more time There's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies oh it's your body and your blood you shed for me and this is how i fight my battle 
that we have in you that we can stand firm Lord and lift up our song of praise to you because mm. oh, it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I know yeah, I'm surrounded it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded come on do you believe it this morning oh it may look like but I really know surrounded by you yeah it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look 
like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how. This is how I fight my battle. Giving praise to you, Lord. And this is how I fight my battle. Oh, this is how. give you praise. I choose to give you praise. Come on, just give him praise this morning. That's our weapon this morning. Our praise and our thanksgiving for the sacrifice that he made for giving us new life. There's no one like you. No, there's no one like you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing out, I believe. This is how I fight my battle, and this is how I fight my battle. This is how, this is how I fight my battle, and this is how I fight. Oh, this is how I fight. Oh, this is how oh, it may look like. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how. Oh, with your peace and your hope. Oh, this is how I fight. Already knowing the end. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Ephesians 3:20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. church. How many of you know that prayer begins with presence? And the fact that you showed up on this Sunday morning that you're standing, God is pleased. You're here. You're online. Prayer begins with presence. He said, when two or more gather together in my name, I will be in the midst. He's here with us on this morning. He said, when two or three pray, when we touch and agree on any he will do it for us. So I want you to pray in faith as we pray over the, the vision that God has given New Community Church. Pray in faith that he can do it. It's already done. Amen. If you don't know the words of prayer, if you're new to this, I want you to say, yes, I agree in Jesus' name. Can I hear you say, yes, I agree in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear precious and heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come in your presence on this morning as we pray over the vision of new community church. Our will is lining up with your will. This vision is lining up with your vision. Lord, you said without a vision, the people perish. We thank you for the vision that you have given us. Lord, I ask and pray that you will remove any fear. We come against the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. We come against any doubt. We cast it out right now. Be gone. And Lord, we pray that you will remove any confusion. And Lord, we just ask that you will put us on one accord as we pray over the vision. As we make 1,000 disciples across three NCC campuses. By 2020, 20, by 2025, we count it as done. Amen. We ask that you will continue to send the provision, send the people, and send the resources. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we're going to take a second to pray about provision. 
I got something prepared, but I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me back there. And, and just, we're not afraid. We are not afraid. Our Lord is our provider. He's our provision. He provides for us according to his riches in heaven, not what's in front of us. My provider is not how many hours I work. It's not, uh, it's not stimulus checks. My king is greater than all of those things. He provides for us, and he protects us, and he looks out for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you so much for your body. Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and protects us. You don't give us a mission without giving us the tools we need to perform it. You don't leave us out there, Father. You are with us every step of the way. We give you all glory and all honor and all praise, and we thank you so much for providing for us, Father. What comes to us is yours. It does not belong to us. We have it to further your kingdom, to glorify you, to honor you, Father. It's all about you. It is not about this. It's about you, Father. You are in control, and you are moving in mighty ways that we don't see, and we don't have to understand. It's above my pay grade, but I trust in you, my King. Glory and honor and praise to you, Father. We know that your, your love is over this place. We know that your provision is over this place. People that have been hurting, you are going to provide for them. People that have been needing, you're going to provide for them. Not just in the form of money in the bank account, but you're going to bless. You're going to bless this place because we are going to live in obedience. We are going to obey you and we are going to seek you. We're going to put you first. Glory and honor and praise to you, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Man, church, we believe that. Well, you can go ahead and be seated, and if you've been standing at your home, go ahead and sit down, and just want to welcome you once again to this special Sunday, Worship and Vision Sunday, where we're gathering together and just spending time listening to God, being in His presence, lifting up some of the needs of our church and what it is that God wants to do, and man, I, I just love seeing this. I wish I could see all of your faces online. Um, if you're comfortable, would you maybe just turn to someone next to you and just give a quick hi to them, say hello to them. Online, if you would take a moment, maybe just comment to someone else. Um, welcome them, let them know that you're glad to be worshiping with them this morning. I love seeing you guys. Um, those of you that I'm able to see, it's so good to be here this morning. And I want to just take a moment as we're in this atmosphere of worship and prayer. I want to share with you this idea of what God is calling us to as we look at building the vision that God has given us. So a vision that God is calling us to build is the focus of the message I want to share with you this morning. You may not be familiar with this story. It's not one of the most well-known stories in the Bible, but there was a man named Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, around the 6th century B.C., before the time of Christ, found himself in a foreign government's palace serving some other nation, serving some other country. and He was pretty high up in the officials there and the government leadership. And yet one day as he receives a message from a family member, Nehemiah just breaks down. And he begins in the palace to weep and to sob. His heart is broken, his heart is crushed because of the message and the news that he's just received. And he begins to pray, God, what is it that you're calling me to do? I seem distanced from this. I don't know how I can help. I'm in another nation, God. I don't know exactly what it is that I can do. But God began to stir something in Nehemiah's heart. And so that day as he went before the king, because he served before the king, 
the king noticed that his countenance was downcast. And he began to ask Nehemiah about this. What's going on? And he shared, hey, my heart is broken because my hometown, the place where I'm from, Jerusalem, it's been destroyed. And the walls are torn down. People are living in makeshift tents. Like People are living all different kinds of places. They're um, under attack because they have no shelter. They have no provision. And my heart is just broken. And God moves the heart of the king to allow Nehemiah to go, to resource him, to go see what it is that he can do for the city of Jerusalem, for the place where the temple of God was, um, a city that represented the name of God and the presence of God. And so Nehemiah begins the journey, and when he gets there, it's just what he expected. And it's just what he's been told. The city has been destroyed. And people are living outside of the city walls, and they're trying to just kind of get a little piece of land where either they can grow crops or where they can um, be shepherds or take care of their animals and just trying to kind of eke by on a livelihood, just barely surviving. And once again, it's late at night that Nehemiah goes to the city and his heart is just broken. And in the morning, with the Spirit of God in his life, he gives this challenging call to the people around him. And this is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. He says this, Then I said to the people as they were gathered around there, you see the trouble that we are in. You don't have to look that far. I mean, they could visually see it in front of them. We're not in the best place that we've been. How Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned down. And then he challenges them with this. Come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem again. That we may no longer suffer derision. That we may no longer be under distress, is what he's saying. And I told them how the hand of God had been with me and the goodness of God had been with me and the words that the king had spoken to me, how the king had sent provisions and resources for us to rebuild. And so everyone rose at once and they said, let us rise up and let us build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work that God had given them. Nehemiah comes in this difficult time with one message, it's time to build. With one thought, it's time to build. That's what he was calling the people to. They could see what was going on around them. They could see the trouble that they were in. And Nehemiah stands up in the midst outside of this broken wall. And he looks at them with just one simple message. Hey, we're about to build this. God's doing something. God's calling us to restore this city for the protection of the people. It is time to build. And as I was thinking about this Sunday, I thought, God, that's the message that you have for us. Church, it's time to build. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about some physical structure. We've already done that. I'm talking about the vision that God has given us. And much like the people in Nehemiah's time, just take a second, maybe even close your eyes, and just think, you don't have to look very far to see the trouble we're in, do you? To see the devastation around us. It may not always be in that physical sense that Nehemiah or the people of God were seeing in, but we live in a time where people are wrecked where they're full of stress, where they're full of worry about how their financial provision is going to come about, about what the next year or even few years are going to look like. And it's in that moment that God, just as He did with Nehemiah, is challenging us, hey church, it's time to build. It's time to step up, to begin to strengthen your hands, and to accomplish all that it is that God has given us. And that's what God is challenging us with right now, that you can look around you and you see people in desolation. You see people that are stressed. You see people that are feeling isolated. Some of you even watching online, you may have some of those feelings in your life. And yet God 
is challenging you to build. Now, here's the thing. It's easy in those moments of difficulty to kind of sit back and say, okay, God, I'll just wait and see what happens. Like, I'll let that person start picking up some bricks. I'll let this person start grabbing some of those stones. And God, once there's maybe a little bit of movement, then I'll see what's going on. That's not what God is challenging us with, church. Church, he's looking at you saying, no, I'm talking to you. It's time to build. I'm looking at you. It's time to build. Don't wait for someone else to step out in the vision that I've given you. Don't wait for someone else to take that first step. He's challenging us that we would lead the way that we would set that example in building the kingdom of God that he is calling us to build, the church that God is calling us to build. And so here at NCC, I want you to hear this. We're building a culture of discipleship. That's what we're doing. If you were here at the beginning um, of this, man, you're hearing us talk and pray over the vision that God has given us just a moment ago of what God is calling us to. We want to build that culture of discipleship. And don't wait for someone else to do it. Don't wait for another person to step up. Listen to God's voice. Allow Him to use you to begin to lead others and set that example. That's what God is calling us to do. We're building a community. During this time where everything around us says, hey, we need to be careful, like isolate yourselves, we want to make sure that we don't lose that relational connection as a church. And so although we want to be safe and we want to be mindful and respectful of others, we want to continue to reach out as a church. And this isn't, once again, waiting for the church to come up with some initiative. Who have you called this week? Who have you texted, church? See, it's time to build, to reach out to others, to be concerned about them, to care for them. That's what Nehemiah was seeing. Hey, the community around him was devastated. And he was saying, God, I have this calling. I feel this passion. I feel this burden. Lord, you're calling me. It is time to build. So church, are you doing that? Are you building that community around you? Are you looking for who God has placed in your life and you're caring for them? You're connecting with them. You're calling them. Hey, is there anything that you need? Is there something that I can do? How are you doing? What can I pray for you about? See, that's what it looks like to begin to build the vision that God has given us. We're building a culture of spiritual growth here. Of saying, God, we're not just going to sit back during this time and kind of wait for all of this to blow over and kind of see what the future looks like, Lord. I want to grow right now. I want to get closer to you. Honestly, some of you that are listening to this, maybe you've taken the past year and you kind of just checked out of church. This is your wake-up call. God's saying, hey, it's time to grow spiritually. It's time to build up your spiritual self. It's time to build yourself up in the Bible, in the Word of God. Students, that means every single day you're opening up Scripture. You're reading the Word of God. You're allowing Him to speak into your life because God is wanting to build something inside of you as well to use you to build other people up. And we want to build that culture of inviting others. You see them, they're in your workplace. They're your family members that are struggling. And God wants to use you to build something in their life, to invite them, to impact them, to speak God's truth, to speak God's word over them. Just take a second and ask God that question, Lord, am I building? Or have I kind of just got comfortable living in the desolation that we're in, Lord? God, how are you calling me in this moment right now in this season, Lord, 
to build up what it is that you're speaking over our church, God, what you're speaking over my life as an individual, God. I want to be a part of what you're doing. That's the word of God. That's what Nehemiah was saying. He's saying, don't wait. It's right now. Don't wait till everything gets back to normal. It's right now that I'm calling you to step out, to begin to work, to begin to take my spirit and allow him to work inside of you to build up my kingdom. Students in your school, in your sports activities or your extra school activities, in your workplace, adults in your families, in your community, right where you're at, God wants to use you to build up others. And it's so easy to go into self preservation mode where we're just trying to survive but God's saying no I want you to build something that's what I'm calling you to church that's what I'm challenging you with and here's why because Nehemiah found out and he began to challenge the people what you're building isn't just for you see as you read the story of Nehemiah if you've ever read through this book you see they begin to build and everyone's excited and it all seems like it's going great there's some initial momentum but then there's some people that don't really like what's going on and in the midst of them picking up bricks and stones and mortar and all of these things, people begin to attack them. At one point, it's kind of comical because they have like a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other in case anyone comes at them. And they begin to get frustrated like they don't know what to do. But Nehemiah challenges them with this right here. He said, I look around and I said to the nobles and the officials, this is why they were being while they were being attacked and Nehemiah 414 and to the rest of the people do not be afraid of your enemy don't be afraid of them remember the lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers your sons your daughters your wives and your homes see what you're building isn't just for you what god wants to do in and through your life right now it's not just for you and when we come into a room like this, when we come together on Sunday mornings, as we're going throughout our workday, we're not just focused in on ourselves. This isn't just about us. We didn't plan a service like this so you could come in here and just kind of feel good for a little bit and then just go back out and live your life. What God wants to do in this moment isn't just for you. It's for other people. It's what he's challenging Nehemiah. Hey, what you're building and challenging the people of God, hey, what you're building it's not just for you, it's for your family. It's for your neighbor. It's for those people that you go to work with. God was calling them to once again bring safety and security and shelter for the people of God and for the people that were living in Jerusalem and that area. And that's what God is challenging us with. So where God has placed you, you're not there by accident. Students, that teacher or that classroom that frustrates you, you're not there just because some counselor or guidance admission person put you there. God's the one who orders your steps. And you're there because there's another student. Or maybe even that teacher. They need to see what a true Christian looks like. Adults, you're not in your workplace because it's just a way to earn a paycheck. You're not there by accident. If you're there, it's because God has ordered your steps. And there's some employee, there's some co-worker, there's someone that you lead. They need to see what a true Christian looks like. You're not in your house or your apartment by accident. You're building something for the kingdom of God that is not just there for you, it's for someone else. That's what God's doing in your life. He's telling you it's time to build. And what you're building, it's not just for you. 
what God is doing in your life right now, what God has been speaking to you, that thing that God has been working on inside of you, it's going to affect other people. And what he's building in your life and what you're doing in your life to continue to grow, it's for others. It's so others could know the love of God and experience the goodness of God. That's what God is challenging us with. That's the vision that we want to build here at NCC is we are not a church that's just about us. We're not people that gather together every Sunday morning just so that we can get something. We're here because God is doing something through us. God is doing something inside of us to minister to others. The vision that God has given us isn't just for ourselves, but it's for others that are going to be impacted. So let me ask you that. What God's doing in your life, are you just keeping it to yourself? Are you just, your prayers, are they just for you? Or are you building for other people? I had lunch with one of my good friends, Adam, this week, and we were talking about a devotional, and that was the question in the devotional. If God answered all your prayers this week, think of all of the things that you prayed this week, would the world look any different? Or would your life just be a little bit better? Would your food be a little bit tastier? You'd sleep a little bit better at night? Or would your coworkers look different? Would your family be stronger? Would your boss know a little bit more about the love of God? Would your neighbors understand and be more hungry for God? Because what God is doing in your life, you realize it's not just for me. My prayers aren't just about me, God. You're using me to build something else in someone else's life. So everywhere you place me, God, everywhere that my feet go, Lord, I'm looking for those God moments and those opportunities. Lord, whenever you bring them up, I'm ready to impact someone else's life, to encourage someone else, to challenge someone else, because I realize what I'm building is not just for me. Let me challenge you with one more thought. As the people begin to build, the wall was finished. And people were secure. And they were feeling good. And a number of years later, they began to restore the temple. During this time, this was the symbol of God's presence. This is where the people of God came together to worship God, to honor Him through offerings and through sacrifices. And yet it was devastated. So now their homes are good. The wall is good. Excuse me. But now the temple of God. It's in disarray, and they begin to get discouraged. And God challenges them, don't get discouraged. And they've been talking for a while, and they're like, it doesn't seem like any progress has been made. God, this has been difficult, what we've been going through. And in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, listen to the words of the Lord. He's saying, don't despise the day of small things, but rejoice. For you shall see the plumb line in the hand of the rubble. Now, if you don't know construction, basically you get out the plumb line to kind of start where walls are going to go and how things are going to be leveled. This is just the beginning of all of that. And yet he's saying, don't get discouraged. It's the small things. It's the little things that I'm doing in your life. It's those small steps of faith. Aaron, I've never prayed for an hour. That's okay. Just start with a minute. Aaron, I've never read through the Bible. That's okay. Just open it up. Begin reading a section of God's Word. Allow Him to speak to you. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't get discouraged. God is building something in your life. God is doing something 
inside of you. God is working in your midst. It may just seem like small steps. It may just be a small word of encouragement to a friend, to a coworker, to a boss. It may be something small, but God is working and he's going to build something in your life and through your life. Church, it's time to build. That's what God is speaking over us. And I want you to just look at your life for a moment. Just ask God, God, where am I at? What is it that you're doing inside of me? Because I believe God's word for each and every one of us, every one of you that are listening, God is speaking, hey, it's time to build. God is challenging us with that. So church, I want to tell you, take what's in your hand. If you're a teacher, teach the word of God. If you're good at hospitality, begin to welcome people. Whatever it is that God has put in your hand, take what God has given you and begin to build his church and his kingdom. Because what you are building is not just for yourself. It's not just for you, but God is doing something in and through you for future generations. So let me challenge you with this. Do not get discouraged. Don't get discouraged at those small steps. Allow God to work through you, to work inside of you. Step up for what God is doing and allow him to use you to build this church. God has given us a vision. And church, I'm telling you, it is time to build. Yeah. 
one true God is madly in love with you so take courage hold on be strong remember where our help comes from oh 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 Praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, swing wide, all ye heavens. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, swing wide, swing wide. All ye heavens, let the praise go up. As the walls come down, all creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All these children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. We sing together. Oh, 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 oh. Good morning, NCC. How are you guys? Are y'all enjoying this so far? God is doing something amazing in this place. Amen. I don't know if you guys got to read Pastor Aaron's newsletter uh, that he sent out through email a few weeks ago. And he gave this example he was talking about. Imagine if you ordered a pizza and the pizza arrived and you envisioned something that you were getting ready to enjoy. But when you opened the box, you realized that only half of it was in there you would immediately think, this is not what I envisioned, right? Or if you ordered a pair of shoes, I'm a big shoe guy, and it shows up and only one shoe is in the box, this is not what you envisioned. And I believe that in the same way, when God envisions the body of Christ in the church, he envisions a church that is engaged, not disengaged. 
Now let me speak to the situation of what happened in 2020. When COVID hit, we all had to go into quarantine. Our schedules were shifted, our foundations were tested, and according to, to statistics, one in three practicing Christians stopped attending church. We disengaged. We stepped back, and we didn't know how to handle that moment. We stepped back and we thought, I'll just watch online, which there's nothing wrong with that. The issue is we watch online, but we're not engaged. We're not fully a part of what God is doing here at NCC many times. Or maybe you were serving at one point and you thought, you know what, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to step back and, and just kind of chill for just a little bit. And now we're in this place where we're like, now what do I do? Where do I go from here? And I, I want to encourage you with something this morning. If it's been a while that you've heard this, I want to remind you that NCC is your home. I want to remind you that this is your family. I want to remind you that you belong here. And when one of our family members is not here, we feel the difference. When one of our family members is not engaged, we can tell the difference. Just like as parents, when one of our kids goes to stay the night at their friend's house or at a family member's house, we can feel the environment has changed. And guys, we've been feeling the environment has changed here at NCC for a while. And this is your wake-up call, like Pastor and said, for you to get back up and say, God, I don't want to just be a spectator, God. I want to get in, God. I want to be a part of the vision that you had for the body of Christ, to be an engaged person, to be back to serving, to be back and in pouring into one another. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, it says, as each has received a gift, each of you have a gift that God has given you. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given you a gift to serve one another, to build the body of Christ. And when we don't use our gift and when we don't serve, we're missing out on what God wants to do in us and through us. Because here's the reality is that you can reach people in a way that I can't. You can speak to people's lives in a way that I can't. Why? Because the gift that God has given you is uniquely to you. And that connection that you make with certain people that none of us can, God needs that. And you need that. And so I want to leave you with this. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to find our way back home. And if you've ever been a part of a routine where you're exercising, you're in the gym, you're eating healthy, an injury throws you off, your schedule's throwing off, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to get back there. They call it paralysis by analysis. We're paralyzed because we're analyzing all the different areas of our life that aren't right right now. We're analyzing and thinking, man, things are not the way that it used to be. I was just talking to Brenda back there and I was saying, look, what I feel like God is saying is you have to let go of this. Things are not the way they used to be and we have to trust God that things are gonna go from greater to greater to greater here at NCC. And when I was thinking about paralysis by analysis, this is what I felt God wanted you to know this morning. Don't get overwhelmed by how far away you feel. Just take the next clearest step. So right there where you're at, if you're watching us online, if you're here in person, pray this prayer. God, what is my next step to re-engage here at NCC? God, help me to find my way back home.
So as we've all heard many times, our heart here at NCC is making people and places new. And this isn't just a phrase that we like to throw around because it sounds really good, but it carries weight. And what this wants to convey is that it's more than just receiving from Jesus. It's taking what we receive and sharing that with others, taking it past ourselves and giving the love of Christ to those around us and inviting people to join our community. And something I was reminded of while I was thinking through this thought is a passage in Luke 19. And I'm not gonna read you guys the whole thing, I'm gonna summarize it for you. But this is the parable of the 10 servants. And it's where Jesus tells the parable where there's a nobleman and a 10 servants and the nobleman goes away for a time. But before he leaves, he leaves each of his servants with a gold coin. And of course, when he returns, he would like to know what happened with that gold coin that I gave you, what did you do with it? And the first servant says, well, I invested that gold coin and I got back 10 times the amount. And the next servant says, I also invested the gold coin and I earned back five times the amount. And the nobleman was pleased with this. But the last servant said, well, I was afraid. I was afraid. So what I did was I hid my gold coin. I put it in a safe place for safekeeping. I didn't earn anything. I didn't invest it. I just put it away. I still have it. It's the same coin that you gave me before you left. And of course, the nobleman is not happy with this. He ends up calling this servant a wicked servant. And the reason that I'm reminded of this story, church, and what I want to share with you is that God has already given us our gold coin. That gold coin is Jesus who brought the gift of salvation down to earth for us. And it's not something that he intended for us to keep it to ourselves. He intended us to share it. He didn't want us to be afraid and timid and hide it away. He wants us to give it out freely to other people. So can I challenge you to share your gold coin? Share the love of Jesus with this community. We want to be a community that is inviting. We want to cry together, pray together, and just encourage each other in every season of life. And if you can't think of somebody, think of the people you work with. Who's some friend, a neighbor, a coworker? Maybe you know of somebody who's battling with addiction or in anxiety or depression. Students, maybe you're going to school with someone and their parents are going through a divorce or a, their family's having a hard time. Invite them to church because we want to be a community that's serving and encouraging each other. And it's so powerful when we get to be a part of God's story because his story is where he's redeeming people and rescuing people and transforming their lives. But they have to come to church to be surrounded by us all. So let me just encourage you. We have a super awesome opportunity coming up. It's the hunt and Easter. And that's coming up. So invite your friends, invite your family. Maybe there's a family with young kiddos and they're probably wondering where to take their kids for an Easter egg hunt. Bring them here. It's a tremendous opportunity for them to be surrounded by the love of Christ here. We're gonna be outdoors right here at NCC and it's gonna be super amazing. We have a lot of things planned. We also, the next day is gonna be Easter Sunday. And on Easter Sunday, we are gonna be focusing in on the finished work of Christ on the cross. And we're gonna be talking more about that. And we're believing that Easter Sunday is gonna bring transformation and salvation to God's people. So let me just again remind you, invite people to come to church. And if you're watching online, say, hey, I'm gonna be watching, will you watch with me? Let's watch together. We again wanna be moving God's vision for our church forward by making people in places new. And where we start is by bringing others to go alongside with us.
Okay, guys, uh, my name is Dante. Uh, I'm in the ninth grade and I'm now a student leader at NYC. And I am discipling a few of my friends at school. Um, they came to me and they asked me to be their disciple. I, of course, I accepted. <laughs> but um, we just started reading the Bible plan together and just walking through life together, um, showing them, you know, how to live uh, as a Christian. And I've been discipled by. Yeah, yeah. It's been super awesome. Um, over the past year, me and Dante have really just been living life together. Um, there's really been no, like, curriculum we set out. There was no, you know, specific thing we decided on. There was nothing we signed, but we decided to live life together. And things changed. Things changed in his life. Things changed in my life. And now, now we're at this point where we challenge each other weekly. We, we get together and we challenge each other. We're walking together. But I wouldn't have been able to do this without help first, without being discipled first. I was discipled years ago by an amazing pastor here. I was discipled from Pastor Caleb. You guys, I'm going to cry because of these guys, but like, I love these two. They have impressed me so much by how much that they have owned their own growth and they've brought people alongside of them to grow spiritually. I mean, Dante's in high school. Like, he just got his friends together. Like, let's read the Bible together. How many kids do you know that do that? And I'm not standing here to show you, like, look at what I did. I Look at what I get to be a part of. This is legacy right here. This is discipleship. And I'm only standing here because of people came before me who have discipled me. This is why we call it multiply, because somebody discipled, like, put themselves into me, and now I get to disciple other people like Reese, and now Reese is discipling Dante and other young guys, and Dante's discipling his friends. This is how we see the world start changing. And this isn't, this isn't something for just pastors. This isn't something for just leaders. This isn't something for just older people, because Jesus called us. Jesus called his people. He didn't call just pastors. He didn't call any specific one person. Jesus said, go and make disciples. He said this to those who are living with him. So if you're living life with Jesus and you claim his authority in your life, he's calling you. He's saying this is your purpose in life, to go and make disciples. Because this right here, this is my purpose. Like this is what I get up every day. This is what brings joy to me to see that there are other people that I've been able to invest in that are loving Jesus and helping other people to do that. But this is not just my purpose. This is our purpose. It's every single one of us, what we have been made to do to make disciples. And so this is something we have to own. And when we decide to own that responsibility, that's how we see the world start to change. Because the church is you and me. And when the church starts living out what the church is supposed to do, it's making disciples and starting to see people walking life with them. It's not having a certain program. It's not handing someone a Bible saying good luck. It's not just showing up on a Sunday and then walking home and never talking again. This is every day we walk life together. We've talked about struggles. We've talked about hard stuff that we're going through. It's like we're wrestling with big questions about God together. But that's what it means to make disciples to grow together, to walk arm in arm, to say like, we are gonna do this with one another. That's our role, that's our 
purpose in life as the church, you and me, because Jesus has called us to do this. So let's do this together. Let's be the church and let's go and make disciples. Man, that's awesome. And, uh, and discipleship is just one part of our spiritual growth here at NCC. And I want to challenge you guys with something. We are a church that owns our spiritual growth. Each and every single one of us is responsible for our own spiritual growth. Amen? And nobody else is responsible to feed me. It is my responsibility to feed myself from what is available and what is around me. And just like Pastor Aaron shared a little, a little bit ago, when COVID happened, it kind of hit a reset button for our world, right? And, and one in three people aren't, aren't going to church anymore, still say they're Christians. And they're also, their anxiety levels and their stress levels are three times higher than the people who've continued to push in and lean into church. Why, why does that happen? There's this saying in leadership that I love, and it says this, when we face a challenge, we don't actually rise to the occasion. That's a myth. We fall to the level of our training. So when we faced a challenge last year in COVID, we didn't rise, we fell to the level of our habits. So people whose spiritual growth depended on Sunday morning, their bottom fell out. Why? Because our relationship with Jesus is not a one day relationship. If I only pay attention to my husband one day a week, you're gonna tell me why my marriage is so bad, right? It makes no sense. But then we wonder why we don't have faith to get through difficult times because our faith has become a one day thing and it was never designed to be like that. We are in a relationship with God. This is not about religion. This is not about checking boxes. This is not about whether I come to service here or I worship online. This is about my connection to my Lord and my Savior and faith was never meant to happen on one day a week. We need the rest of the days and that is ours to own. That's ours to own. And so that means that on my way to work, I got my worship going on there. I got my podcast going and stirring me up inside and preparing me for whatever the day has ahead. It means I wake up 15 minutes earlier so that I have time to engage with the scriptures because scripture shapes my life. When I own my spiritual growth, I take responsibility for moving myself forward. I'm not a victim of COVID. I'm not a victim of anything in this world. I have control over my own life. And if I want to keep moving forward in my faith, I'm going to find a way to do it. And we have some really incredible stories that we're going to watch really quickly about some people here at NCC, how they've engaged, they've pushed through, and they've continued to own their spiritual growth. And we'll see what God has done in their lives. Jesus came to make all things new that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's only possible if you surrender your emotions over to the Holy Spirit. I really enjoyed this course. I feel like I learned a lot. And my favorite part was the, the daily silence and the daily scripture. Uh, so for me, going through this course, um, I learned a lot of things that I've been sweeping under the rug for all my life, basically. Um, so these things, uh, this course taught me how to bring all those things to the surface and how to start actually talking about it or dealing with it. Um, I think it will make me a better wife, a better mother, and a better person altogether. together. 
Hi, my name is Avani. I just finished Connect Track, and I really love how spiritual growth is encouraged and supported. Hi, my name is Aaron, and just went through Connect Track. And what I really liked about Connect Track is how NCC is really going out of their way to be intentional and making people feel welcome if they plan on making this their future home. Hi, my name is Adelie, and I really enjoyed the Connect Track class because it was a very uncomfortable environment, and I enjoyed learning more about the church and what it has in store for me and my family. And All right, so yes, thank you guys for sharing your stories. You guys, we've got a lot of different opportunities to grow and engage here. We've talked about a lot of opportunities today. So what is your responsibility? It's just to walk in obedience to what God has told you to do. So we've got a bunch of courses coming up on Wednesday nights, a Bible study and uh, grief share. So many people have struggled and faced loss during the last year. and We've got a grief class coming up. We've got all kinds of ways to engage in discipleship and multiply if you want to be discipled. We've got time, places to volunteer because serving is a really important part of our spiritual growth. But here's the one thing. Just own it, y'all. Own it. Oh, don't, don't divert it and say, you know, I'm too busy or I've got all this other stuff going on. Or, you know, if I didn't have kids or my kids didn't have soccer, own it. Own it. Your spiritual growth is just as important as your physical health and your mental health. Make it a priority. Engage and start feeding yourself feeding yourself from all of the abundance of opportunities that are before you. Now we're going to stand up to our feet. We're going to head out of this service and we're going to go out with a bang. We're going to go out singing at the top of our lungs. Will you guys sing with us? It's been an awesome service and we're just going to keep singing. Oh, oh, oh. your kingdom come so don't let your heart be troubled hold your head up high don't fear no evil fix your eyes on this one truth god is badly in love with you so take courage hold on be strong remember where our help comes from oh Church, just one last time, I want to say thank you so much 
for being here today, being a part of this service. Everyone watching online, man, we're praying that you experience the presence of God as much as we felt it in this room, that God ministered to you and encouraged you. And so I want to challenge you with that. Don't forget to continue to invite people as we move towards the hunt and Easter. That's a great opportunity. Look for those God moments to challenge someone else to come and to be a part of that. And then next Sunday, we're kicking off our brand new series, Love Like Jesus. We're going to be talking about how Jesus loves so well, and we want to be an example of that. So next Sunday, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled service times, 9.30 and 11.15. So be here next Sunday, 9.30 and 11.15 or online. We love you guys. Have a great week. You're dismissed. Swing wide, all you heaven. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus.